Welcome back to the Last Prepper Standing Podcast. I got my current guest host, my future guest host, my all-time greatest guest host ever, Frederick Reddy. How's it going? Yo, stop it, LPS. Stop it. Stop it. I'm doing good, man. I'm ready to get into this. Let's go. Man, so I think we got an interesting subject. I did not give it much thought until you brought it to my attention. And it really, I think, coincides with so much more stuff that we see going on than maybe you even thought about when you initially sent this to me. Um, but that is the debanking of these coin shops. So I just watched the videos um, that you sent me. I think you might be a little bit more in tune with exactly what's going on than I am. So why don't you break it down for everybody? Everybody, what's happening well last week we talked if you guys didn't catch last week's episode you need to catch that make sure you catch up last week we talked briefly about gold and silver you know what did we think about it how much you should keep you know the standard questions and then about <clears throat> this last week but i just it just wasn't on top of mind but I watched another video that kind of refreshed me. I said, you know what, we should bring this up again. And that is the fact that coin shops around the country are losing their bank account. Now, the conspiracy theory theorists in me will say, well, of course. <laughs> I mean, we know what's going on. It was only a matter of time. Um, but then there's some practical reasons as well. So to be level-headed about it, I just come to the conclusion that eventually they're going to weed out our ability to perhaps buy gold and silver. And it makes sense if you're trying to move people to a digital world. So we already know that there, you know, central bank digital currency is coming, which we're kind of almost in already. And I know LPS has a lot to say about that, but like um, in general, it's what's going to happen. I mean, it's just a matter of timing, right? So now if you know this, right? Now that you know that we have, and this is, this is not, there's no shadow of a doubt that this is happening, that coin shops, gold and silver bullion, are literally being debanked, losing their bank account. Now they're moving to another bank account, a more local, probably smaller bank, but it doesn't matter. They're getting rid of those banks anyway. Eventually, you know, we're, we're not going to have this small local uh, bank anyway. So, I mean, and again, that's kind of getting off topic. But now that you know that they are debanking, you really have to ask yourself a question. Do I want to put a lot of my money into gold and silver now? And I'm telling you right now, we can't talk. We can't tell you what to do with your money, you know, and your 401k. But I want to get on record right now on this episode that I do not have a 401k, would not have a 401k, and if I did have a 401k, I would close it out, take the penalty, that's what I would do, and I would purchase just a bunch of gold and silver. Mostly silver. So I can't tell someone what to do when you, you may have 150,000k, but may have more than that. You know, it'd be a hard, very hard decision to make. But I tell you right now, I remember a lot of people when they took those L's in 2008. Um, and I guarantee you, they would have wished they would have pulled out and took that little 10% penalty. That was peanuts 
to the amount of money that they lost. I mean, a lot of people lost their life savings, basically. And I got a feeling we're coming up to those times again, because when you start to see Warren Buffett sell a lot of his portfolio, put it in treasury funds, that's just a safe way to store your cash. So you're getting Warren Buffett, the greatest, you know, stockbroker, investor, whatever you want to call him in history. He's like, you know what? I'm out of the market. And he, whatever's left that he has in there, he's probably willing to lose that. You know, because, you know, he knows if he pulls everything out, he may trigger an event. So you got to keep a little bit in there. Um, probably was told to keep a little bit in there, to be honest with you. So um, I'm just saying there's a lot going on right now. That, to me, the defunding or debanking of coin shops is almost like the cherry on top for me. Like, and it's forcing me to really escalate my plans. And I would suggest you do the same. But what do you think? Well, I thought it was really interesting when the video you sent me was talking about um, the reason why they're saying they're they're getting debanked is because they're taking out large sums of cash and it's flagging their account for suspicious activity. So even though they're just using it to conduct business to be able to purchase the physical gold and silver. And what's happening, the banks are worried from what the video you sent was the bank was worried that if they get audited because of the flags, I guess there's a certain percentage of flags that they could get. And then the bank gets audited. And I think just like auditing the fed, something uh, Ron Paul used to champion forever. Any, all these banks will avoid getting audits because the money isn't really there. We all know that there's not enough physical money in the world uh, to be to be able to be handed out or distributed out to match up with what's available digitally. It, it's such a it's such an incredible scam. So when they allow when you have an ability to get audited and it makes these banks like they may find out that these banks are insolvent from that audit that audit that uh, a coin shop triggered right i think that's definitely one of the things that's playing a factor into this is they need to avoid the audits so i think that's kind of truthful on the on the sense of it but it's also they don't want people to have the cash and they definitely don't want people transferring their cash into physical tangible assets which is obviously like a huge benefit to everybody but again Again, it's the administrative system impeding on our lives over and over and over again. And it's just it's just ridiculous. You can't even run a coin shop now because of regulations and government interference and this this commingling of everything you see. There's no independent banks anymore. They're all wrapped up with the Fed. It's just it's just that much more administrative uh, authority being projected onto us. And on that video you sent me too, it really made me kind of scared actually to have a lot of cash on hand because they talked about the asset uh, forfeit seizure and how they could just come in and take your money if you're traveling around with it, even though there's no laws against that. I know one, one person who used to talk about that a lot was David Knight. And I don't know if you've ever given any consideration to that. Maybe, you know, somebody comes to your home, they're doing a welfare check, they're doing a, just some regular audit, you know, maybe they're just the roofers at your house are there. They see a bunch of cash or something like that. Maybe they see something that gets flagged. The next thing you know, your cash is gone because the state came in and they did the asset forfeit seizure on you. Yeah, that now, not a concern of mine. And I am definitely pro cash um without a doubt 
pro-cash. Now, what you said was accurate, but here's where I believe a little bit of discernment comes in at. They've been doing business coin shops for since 1972. I forget when we went off the gold, when Nixon took us off the gold standard or whatever, and then all of a sudden now you can be able to sell gold. I think that was in the mid-70s. I'm pretty sure it was like mid-70s. So since the mid-70s, matter of fact, let's just say 80s, okay, it doesn't matter. It's relevant. For decades, coin shops were allowed to exist, allowed to do banks, was fine. All of a sudden now, mid-banks, I mean, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about mid-banks, maybe smaller banks. All of a sudden now they're worried about what? Audit, audits? Why are they worried about audits? The only reason they would be worried about audits is because the Fed now changed the policy. They then went in and said, hey, we got this new policy now. You need to be worried about this. And all, all that says is that they're slowly, incrementally getting ready to launch their digital currency. And that's how you have to do it. You have to do it in a way where it's incremental. It's, you know, it's like, I have a gun, gun shop here, coin shop there. Let the rumors so, go so around. How does, how, does, how does one survive in a, uh, you know, you, they always say cash is king, but how does, when the whole general population is in this digital currency, how does cash remain king? Well, cash is king for the crash or for whatever event that occurs. I mean, over a course of time, it's not, but I mean, we're not even going to be using cash um, or, or people will not be using cash. I'm not, this is not one of my concerns, but like, um, so I'm just talking about for the event that occurs, whatever that event is, they call it the great reset. Who knows? I mean, it's, uh, it's relevant what's called, um, but we know something's going to occur. And I believe it'll happen. It'll be probably a series of things, series of events. They like it incremental. They like to do things uh, more stealthily. They don't like to really, really, you know, shake the beehive. So with that well, being every now said. And then they definitely do. They definitely do something. Well, of course, like a COVID one. But in my mind, that for me, it didn't do anything. So it didn't stop my life. And I know it didn't stop your life. So for me, I didn't see it as a big event. Um, it was a vet. Well, in general, you know, for me, I'm just talking about for me personally, somebody who lives a lifestyle of preparedness, it wasn't that big of a deal. But I'm talking about something that probably will be a big deal to me. Uh, maybe like the power off or something like that. That's something that would be a bigger deal. Um, very hard to prepare for. Um, but either way, let me stay focused here. So they like to do things incrementally. When a major event happens um, that, say, like a, like, like a power outage, people will still be dealing in cash. I mean, we, you got to understand, the majority of people are just normies. You know, they don't think like how we think. Yeah, and cash so, came in handy for me um, when we had that citywide power outage here in June. I was able to go to the little yeah, liquor store that was open. That's right. It was literally only accepted cash. <laughs> And you wouldn't believe how many people were turned away or just couldn't couldn't fathom that you, you could write down my credit card number and, and you could just charge it later. It's like, yeah, no, I'm going to not do that. Exactly. So that's why I like cash. So you made my point. Cash will be king in emergency events probably for weeks into it. 
but, but eventually it will come and, you know, rumors will spread and be like, why are we, why are we, I, you know, we need food or we need this or we need water. You know, people will smarten up over a course of time, you know, with not the understanding when this event will stop. And because fear will kick in, cash will now mean nothing to them. So, so really the big it kind of opens doors this. early. Right. So really the big takeaway from this is just another administrative step towards another step they've taken to move that ball down the road towards going towards their digital currency, making it harder for the people and the administrative state just continuing to overstep their bounds. And we saw an amazing example of that in New Mexico right now. And I Before we jump to-, to New Mexico, before we jump to New Mexico, let me just put a period on this. I'm now, I told, I, I was telling people in last podcast, which I hope everybody listened to, that, you know, hey, gold, silver, that's for, that's for something that's more long-term. Now, I still agree with you. I don't want you to think like, oh, he lied to us. Now he's switching things up. What I'm saying, when you get new information, and everybody should do this, once you start to receive new information, you should think about it more. And I'm still in the process of thinking about this. So I don't want to, besides what you just said, which I 100% co-sign on, I don't know what this now means for a long-term investment versus maybe invest now as much as you can because, um, one, you might not have the opportunity for it, or two, maybe an event's going to happen, and that's why this is going on. Like, there's, there's always a reason for it, and for me to be as be arrogant to think that I know what that reason is. I don't want to be like that. I want to be more humble. But what I do know is when there's smoke, there's fire. So something is going on and have the means to purchase more gold and silver. Absolutely. 100% do it. Go all, go all in on that. Especially if you know that you don't need to use that money for any of your current expenses or anything like that. Meaning, again, if I had a 401k and I had money in it, I know what I would do with it, and I already stated that. So with that being said, yeah, New Mexico, go ahead. and That's uh, what amazing. That was amazing. Yeah, it's just this is what we're starting to see. And Alex Jones, we talked about it. He, co- he coined that term, the, the administrate. What was it, the mass? Mur- mass administrative murder we're, when we're starting to see that they started making governor You're breaking decrees. up a little bit Lenny go ahead keep yeah. on talking yeah it really started with COVID. yeah keep on talking these decrees and orders and it really you know more and start ramping up the what they could what we say goes type mentality really egregious in new mexico so those are you not sure which i know pretty much everyone is because they want to talk about it but um the governor uh, she declared uh the second amendment rights were going to be suspended in new mexico over um or in albuquerque over what was really a response to a mass shooting and I think you're going to see this state of emergency be used for guns. The White House is signaling it. Um, other governors are signaling it. And I think they think 
and they feel like that's going to be their back door to coming after people's gun rights. Well, I, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, and b before I get kind of started, I'll give you some time. Wherever you were at before, you sounded a lot better. I don't know if you moved or not, um, but go back wherever you were. But let me say this. Um, Rex 84 um, was something Reagan, I believe, put out. Um, was the executive order. And you can look at some of these executive orders that come to hoarding, you know, speaking in our, you know, what we are passionate about, preparedness, um, where you're not allowed to hoard. Um, they find out they could take, you know, come in and confiscate what you have. Um, and this is why I believe, um, you know, calling yourself a prepper publicly is opening, um, invitation to the idea like, oh, you know, we have an executive order now that says that we can come in there, take that, hold on, what was that guy's name? Prepper, one, two, three, four, five. Oh yeah, let's just go. Just by his name alone, sounds suspicious. I believe this guy might have three, four, five months of food, maybe up to a year since his name is Prepper, one, two, three, four. So, so it's kind of like one of these things where if you're not aware of all these executive orders and if anything, what the New Mexico governor did was give, give you a, a hint on what's coming, this is coming. Like you would talk about it, you'd be mad about it, you'd be pissed off, you'd do whatever you want to do, you know, but at the end of the day, this is the technique they're going to use to either come and take your guns, come and take your preps, come and do whatever they want. They got so many executive orders. Shoot. Who knows how much? This and we're, we're on the eve as we record this of nine 11. And I think that's really when we saw like the executive order tyranny really start. Not really. Reagan was signing them that these, some of these executive orders go back to Carter administration i mean well, yeah, they've always been a thing but man when they wrapped up ramped up the patriot act and all that stuff and just started going yeah but even let me just make sure i'm clear 9-11 was not uh something that they prepared for the year before okay they these guys think in terms of scores scores mean 20 years terms they think in not decades that's why I didn't say, I could have said decades, but they think in terms of scores. That's how long their plannings are. So, no, 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 this goes, the way they think and what they're going to execute is something that's been on the table probably since the 50s. So, this is nothing un unexpected. Shouldn't be anything surprising for people who are in the preparedness world. You should anticipate this, and I'm telling you, if you're not anticipating this, this is a blind spot. This is would be considered a blind spot for for those who call themselves preppers, because right. you don't understand. Here's something, and that's why. Go ahead. Here's something I think they might do, and I, I was kind of thinking about this as we were getting like looking at this New Mexico thing and how they want to talk about uh, declaring climate emergencies, the COVID emergencies. They keep saying that the. Um, 
that the guns and the death violence and all that stuff, they keep comparing it to um, emergencies that they have to get in, get in and, and take over. Right. So I see them maybe pulling some sort of thing with, uh, cause you already seen them going after gun manufacturers where they say like via executive orders that no gun manufacturers could exist because it's a security reason for the people. So the government's going to take over manufacturing the guns and then good luck trying to buy a gun from the government. I mean, I don't think it's going to be that complicated, to be honest with you. I would be more worried about, um, um, I would worry, I'd be more worried about, you know, food and stuff like that. But either way, right? I think another good example is what the mayor from New York said about how, man, I don't see no end to this immigration problem. New York will never be the same again. Well, when you use terms like that, so let's use some common sense here. One, they, we all knew what would happen if you start letting a bunch of people into a country, into a city, into your own home. Let five people come into your home and sleep and see what happens. I mean, you don't, this is not any revelation here. Like, we got to get out of the world of delusion and get into the world of truth, okay? These people are not stupid. And if you think of them as being dumb, then you're dumb. Okay? These people are very calculating. Okay? They plan again in scores. So he, of course, starts out with, we're sanctuary cities. You come here. You, New York. I love New York. Get a T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now he's where he's at now. You think all of a sudden, magically, he had this epiphany? Come on. Let's not be gullible. Let's be smart. And so how do you take over? How do you affect change? How do you do, do something? Problem, reaction, solution. Okay? Now, if you don't know that term, problem, reaction, solution, and who coined it, you need to do your research and look that up. So, of course, they're going to create more problems. People are going to react. And magically, they're going to have the solution. And the solution is going to not be what you want. Hence why Revelations 18.4 says, come out of her. So if you're not coming out of her, you're not making any plans to come out of her, you're going to suffer the, comp- the consequences because your mind is simple, which is another Bible verse. So don't be simple-minded. Be a thinker. Don't act like anything is new here. None of this stuff is new to me, okay? I'm not shocked by it. I'm not, I don't get emotionally triggered by it. I don't even care. What I care about is staying focused on my preparedness plan. And I, and I suggest if you don't have one, get one and stay focused. Because that's what this is all about. You're going to have a group of people that are going to win. And win meaning not be affected, okay? And then you're going to have another group of people that are, are going to lose, meaning be affected. So you got to decide which one do you want to be and what really matters in life. And we could go back to COVID on that. I think a lot of people got to see whether they were going to be a winner or loser based on how bad COVID affected them. I mean, I had, I know people who were literally because the shelves were empty, the, they, the food went out pretty quick. They were struggling to find out where food was and they were getting mad at people for buying more. You know, a lot of people forget they put regulations on how much you could buy during COVID. You go to the store and you can only buy one thing of meat. You can only buy. Hey, to be honest with you, they should. That's what they. What do you? What are you supposed to do? Let everybody starve? I mean, 
trying to prepare at the time of an event, again, you would be called simple minded. Okay. Right, so now is your time to prepare. Yeah. If you already experienced food shortages and all that stuff that a lot of people experience and you haven't got prepared post COVID, I, I really don't feel bad for you. If something can happens to you in an emergency situation, you had a very real experience that should have woken you up to the fact that you need to be prepared. Well, this is where we differ because you know that I was a proud prepper and kind of still am, but I consider myself now a preparer. And so I'm going to assume that I'm going to have some neighbors. I'm going to have people. In, matter of fact, I'm going through it right now uh, with my mother's godson. And because I have to speak for my mother because she can't do it now, which means I now. Okay. And this guy is a professor. I mean, you just can't make this stuff up. A professor. But meanwhile doesn't have enough food so and i don't want to put his business out there but i've been supplying him on a regular basis basically i'm now feeding this guy um and i just i I don't have any problem with it i'm not saying it as like woe is me or saying like i don't wish i would do it i don't mind doing it at all It, it, it it's fine i have plenty so i don't mind doing it but I have to restock my pantry. I'm going to have to restock a lot. I'm not working right now. So, again, I'm not even saying that, um, you know, follow me and do everything I'm doing because, you know, we all go through something. You know, I'm very human and I'm very conscious of that. So I'm never going to feel like someone can't make mistakes because, of course, you can. And you ask for forgiveness and we move on, right? So. All I'm saying is you hear our words now. If you have it, I say prepare for at least, if you have two people, say it's just you and your wife, or maybe a three, you, your wife, and you have a son or or a daughter. Well, prepare for six if you have it. Prepare for your neighbors. Prepare for more. If you have it, why wouldn't you? Because I can guarantee you, if you go in this world with selfishness, you're not going to like the results. Because you're going to lose the protection, I believe, the shield of protection, which is providence. So I would just tell people, you know, we're in crazy times now. Recognize all these things that happen in the news. I'm not saying, oh, don't look at the news, don't pay attention to it. No, I'm saying actually pay attention to it and, and then use some kind of filter where you say to yourself, does that make sense or does that not make sense? And if it comes to the point where it doesn't make sense, then prep more. That's all. That's all my goodness. I got to prep more. And and I, I, get say, that, I more. say that often, man. Just keep prepping. Just keep doing the yeah. work. Just keep on prepping, you know, because at the end of the day, executive orders are, are, are how they're going to start ruling us. Everything's going to be an emergency. You know, everything's an emergency now. You know what I'm saying? The everything emergency. And they're trying to bring some of that shit back and we're seeing that start to roll out. And it's just, it's it's awesome to see some people I didn't think would start to stand up against it, stand up against it. But at the same time, just the boldness of them to even want to pull it off again is amazing to me. Well, I mean, I just think it's part of the plan. Uh, and I don't think they're quite there yet because they don't have the drone army yet. Once they get that drone drone army set up, which will happen sooner or later, 
And um, and we'll see. A lot of testing. We a lot of um, um, incompatibilism. Um, but at the end of the day, this. I think I, I want to look at this, and I would hope that others do as well from a biblical point of view. Not saying that we're in Revelations, but saying that this world is run by Satan. And so he's going to be on the job. Our job is to recognize that he's going to be working. And so we, we need to make sure our seals are strong and so we can protect against it. That's all I'm saying. I, I, I don't want to give anybody any impression that the end of the world is coming. I mean, I'm, I'm not Nate at Canadian Prepper. <laughs> I mean, he knows every, every other day when the world is ending. I don't have that kind of ability um, to know that kind of stuff. But what I do know is that we are in a fallen state. We're slowly but surely losing the protection of God. And so I think it's time to just, you know, do what you have to do to make sure that you're secure. And that's why, you know, I moved from being a prepper to being a preparer. I want to help and other people get prepared. That's funny that you bring up a Canadian, Canadian fearmonger, uh, the prepping profiteer himself. I have not, I have never had so many people message me pissed off about him as much as I did um, a few days ago. Because <laughs> his literal headline was alert. Romanian border evacuation, UK jets face off, alert World War Three chaos erupts in blackouts, Los Angeles, and then another one was Los Angeles nuclear attack with the city of like the picture of like uh, New York or LA looking like it was getting hit by a nuke. I mean, he's going off to like a whole new level. Right Look, now. I have see. not watched the video. I've, I've, let me make this also clear. I have not watched one video from the Canadian prepper in at minimum two years. I you saw, you right there, you just saw the headlines that were read. My boy over here, uh, LPS, sends me, sends me these headlines. So all I know about the headlines, I don't know what the content is because I don't listen to his content. Today, anybody who's following him or anyone like him, because it's not just about him, it's, it's, I'm sure there's dozens of people that do exactly the same thing he is doing. They don't have discernment. Those people should just question themselves immediately. Why would they waste their time? Like, to me, those people, I just don't want to think about them because I don't want to put them in a bad light or a good light because none of it makes any sense. And I just feel like they might be lost a little bit. So if anything, I feel sorry for the subscribers and the viewers for him I already know what his agenda is. He is just living up to his his purpose, okay? He's living up to his what he was put on earth for, clearly. So, I mean, I expect him to continue doing that and um whatever. I it's it's that's his business. But I'm I'm shocked about how people are still, I guess, watching him and supporting him. I mean, I wouldn't waste literally thirty seconds on any video, unless it was, and here's where I'll preface it, a blue video, which means he's talking about prepping or something like that. That, you know, I will still give him enough, I don't want to say the word is respect, but enough credit, perhaps, for giving real detail-oriented type preparedness videos. 
Um, and I don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater kind of thing um, because those videos could be invaluable. So I'd be willing to watch those videos, not necessarily learn from them, but at least watch them. But only the blue ones. The other stuff I don't pay attention to. Yeah, I never noticed the color coding thing until you pointed that out to me. But yeah, yeah, that's one thing he did smart. So he did that smart. But it's, I tell you, it's, um, you know, you know, to get in, we had a little debate. And I'd be curious what the audience says about this. Uh, you can hit me up at Frederick Reddy at Instagram or Twitter or X, call it X now. Um, hit me up at Frederick Reddy, R E. D D I E and weigh in, or you can hit, uh, go ahead. We'll, tell your, um, your social media accounts. So then people can follow up. So they can follow up with me at last prepper standing on, um, Instagram. That's probably the best way or our bigger page, American prepper club. If you want to hit me up there, whichever one you prefer, but this, save, this, save this little debate for, for next time. Um, right okay. now, I think I, I think we're kind of at a good point to wrap up. We brought up some good information. Uh, no, hold, on, definitely... hold on, I still got something here because remember, we want, we always want to leave people with solutions, which is also a little bit of a debate of. So we can save that one, and then let's introduce one more. Okay, how about that? Go ahead. Okay, so part of, in my opinion, living a preparedness lifestyle is making very, very smart choices on purchases. And I, I have to live with this idea of when I buy something that's a big purchase. So what's a big purchase to me, right? Everybody has different levels of what they think is big. Anything over 250 in my mind, is a, it's a big purchase. Now, some people will, will throw $250 away and not even think twice about it. But me, I think about that. So if we get into the $1,000 range, you know I'm really thinking about that. So one of my recent purchases was an electric lawnmower, right? Now, LPS over here loves his gas Honda, okay? But let me make my argument why I think, especially people who are in the preparedness um, business or lifestyle or you know, things should be interested in the future and technology. Now, one of the reasons why I bought this electric lawnmower, which was $700, was on sales, normally a thousand, but it was 700, was for the battery. Battery alone was, it, battery alone is $600. So now they're almost giving the product away and really you're just buying the battery. Now moving into the future, let's say five years from now, it will be in reverse. Batteries will be very cheap uh, and the product will be higher. So one, you have to understand that, okay? Two, one battery can power, I go with Eco, that's my brand, um, Chinese brand now, but that's the one I go with because it's the best. Um, but you can buy, let's just say, I haven't looked on their site lately. And I know they have some products coming out, but you could probably power, let's say, 30 to 40 other products. Can't do that with gas, right? So I know one of the products they're coming out with is a um, motorbike. So now I could take that battery that I have bought for my lawnmower, and now I have a, 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 a mini bike. I mean, that's pretty incredible, right? Or I have a power washer, 
or I have a fan because I live in Texas and it's really hot and you need fans all day long because the power went out and you don't have any power. Now I take my battery and put it into the fan or on and on and on lights and so forth. So those are, some, those are just two reasons, but there's more than that. One, the product's going to last longer. You don't have to do any oil changes. You don't have to worry about filters. You don't have to worry about any of that good stuff. It just starts, okay? Yeah, um, one of the big things I actually is, read about it was you're going to be replacing those batteries every three to five years when I'm never going to need to replace this Honda lawnmower. That's not necessary. One, I don't believe that to be the case. I believe it's more like from five to ten years because, one, I have a five-year uh, warranty on the battery, so I know it's not five years because otherwise I just get one for free. So I believe they believe and time will tell that it could be up to 10 years. And I believe they're probably right. That's how you store the battery and stuff like that. Store it properly, you know, maintain it the whole nine yards. You should be fine, but it doesn't matter. So in my opinion is regardless, because batteries are going to go lower and lower in price. And those batteries will be very, very affordable. And I see it for the value see, if, of if more it's adopted, for emergency. If it's adopted. If it's adopted. Now, I think that there's a big catch. You talk about having having some discernment and trying to project in the future, right? I think one of the things that people aren't thinking about when they're when they hear this electric agenda, the solar agenda, the green agenda, all this stuff, is that there is really a huge major impact on the earth itself getting these these raw materials, right? So I feel like one of the things that might happen is once they get rid of all the combustion engines, get rid of all that stuff, and, and it kind of grandfathers and times itself out, and everybody has adopted the electric, to continue to save the earth, we're going to stop producing this stuff, and now you guys just have to go without. But Yeah, I'm, I can't go with that, but I, I see where you're going. I can't personally go with that. Because we can't have these lithium mines. We can't have these lithium mines anymore. No, no. I mean, they stopped. They stopped mining coal. I'm sure you're a little more familiar with coal than I am, uh, because of the environmental impact. So I think it's only a matter of time until they dupe people, kind of like on the back doorway, and then it just lets them bring in more administrative power to say, "Hey, you know what? We're going to cover the lawns. It nobody's even going to have lawns anyways, because you're going to be in these these 15 minute cities." I, I just think it's a it's a Slowly I hear what you're saying. Like I said, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, but but because you're not in it, and I, I really, really encourage people who deal in the world of prepping to literally try to be. I call myself a futurist, and literally to be a futurist means you have to study and figure out what's going on in the future. And trust me, they, they won't be using lithium ion very, very long. By 2030, they'll be going to sodium. And sodium is abundance. Like, it's seawater. It's everywhere. So um, technology will literally th – these people are conscious of, of what you said. Um, I believe they are. And I believe they're going to move to cheaper and cheaper well, ways I think that's a, of, of that's making a great debate. Energy. You guys reach out to us and you tell us which one you think would be better. Um, we'll have to pick up another debate next time. Uh, Frederick, thank you for coming on, man. Where can people find you? Absolutely, brother. Yo, go to preparedness.tips. That's where I'm at. Preparedness.tips. Everything will be right there. God bless you all. Thank you. All right, peace.